Good evening, everyone. I just want to extend my welcome. As Adam said, my name's Ian. I'm part of the team here. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed the carol service so far. And I'm going to do my best not to change that experience. I hope as well that you will have a really wonderful Christmas. You, I hope that you will get to rest over this time. I hope that you will spend good time with family and friends. And hope really is the central theme of this time of year, isn't it? There's a line in the carol that we sang earlier in O Holy Night that says, The thrill of hope a weary world rejoices. It kind of sums up what we've been singing about really, this evening, what this season is all about. And this hope kind of, of Christmas often begins in about mid-October these days, doesn't it? Then Halloween gets out of the way and it gets even more ramped up in the shops. Then December comes and the, the decorations go up and that's when we really start to look forward with hope and expectation, or maybe trepidation for some of you. And that feeling of looking forward to, to something good is what we usually call hope. Uh, and what we hope for often changes. It can depend on our age, our circumstances, all matter of different things. Now, I have three children, and I know that children get very hopeful this time of year. And uh, in my very shallow, not very extensive research, that apparently this year, in 2023, the most hoped-for toy that kids are after is... This, it is the Star Wars droid drone, or drone droid, whatever you want to call it, apparently. Now, however, ladies and gentlemen, I want to take you back, way, way back, 50 years to 1973, and the most hoped-for toy back then. Can anyone take a guess at what that might be? Connect for a stick... That's what, that's what Adam had to play with as a child. But it was, in fact, this. It was the Evil Knievel stunt bike. Now, I think me and my brother actually had one of these, although I wasn't around in 1973, because I know that's what you were thinking. It was the Evil Knievel stunt Did anyone have the Evil Knievel stunt bike? Steve Collins had it. Good. Well, another very popular thing that children hoped for in the 70s and early 80s was this. It was the Atari games console. We definitely had one of these. These things were bomb-proof, by the way, apart from the joysticks, which would break quite regularly. This was a great game system back in the day. The graphics for kids in the 70s and 80s was magnificent. You think you've got it good today, kids, but this is what we had to put up with back in the day. Now, my parents will probably recognise these games because, again, me and my brother would play River Raid, which is a fantastic game, and Kung Fu Master for hours on end, where basically you just had to spend most of your time kicking people in the face. We loved it as kids. Now, but moving on a bit, maybe 1983, 10 years later, can anyone take a guess at what the most hoped-for toy was back then? 1983. Now, I can just 
There's not a lot of discernment needed here, but I think some of you were alive in 1983 just by looking into the crowd. 1983, the most hoped-for toy was... No, that, was, that wasn't it. That was what we had to go back to if the Atari didn't work. Cup, <laughs> cup and ball. That was the technology we had to deal with as children. It was, in fact, Care Bears. The most hoped-for toy in 1983 were Care Bears. And when we all had a Care Bear, right, didn't we? No? Anyone have a Care Bear? Great stuff. Well done. It's okay to admit it. We're all friends here. Now, moving on a bit. 1993, the most hoped-for toy was this. This was the deluxe talk boy. You could record on the go. You could speak into this thing whilst on the move. It was, of course, made famous by this guy. I'm sure you will remember that. Now, 10 years on, 2003, the height of Naughty's tech was the most hoped-for gift at Christmas. It was the Nokia N-Gage. Seriously, when this stuff came out, we thought, you know, we were going to fly to space with this sort of technology. But that was the most hoped And then lastly, moving on 10 years later, 2013, it's a bit boring. It was the Xbox One. Boo. Not as exciting as Care Bears and Evil Knievel, is it? But when you have hope, maybe even as a child waiting expectantly for the gift, you go about your day smiling inside. Something changes inside of us when we have that hope. Hope gives an expectation of a future, a future worth waiting for. Even if, like a child, on Christmas Day it can come very, very slowly. Hope can drive us until sometimes it will even disappoint us. We know what it's like to have our hopes dashed. It might be, you know, the, the present we were hoping to buy was out of stock or... As a child, the Care Bear that you really wanted just never came. But I'm all right now. <laughs> but all the songs and readings that we've seen so far have been along this theme of hope. The thrill of hope a weary world rejoices. It's basically a statement of deep hope amidst deep darkness. It's about acknowledging the weariness of the world but also the thrill and hope of that of which is to come. Now, we're not talking about sentimentality here, and, but there can be a lot of weariness, especially at this time of year, a lot of anxiety. You might be here tonight feeling tired or hopeless, maybe anxious, but this message of hope is into that darkness, and it comes the thrilling sense that tomorrow will be better. The world to come, what's next, is better. And the story that we read about this time of year, if we really understand the true story, is thrust into a darkness at the time of the story, but also into a time where a great hope is shining. If what we've seen in the reading of Isaiah tonight, that the people were in great darkness, but they have seen a great light... That was written hundreds of years before Jesus' birth. And then after Jesus, in the Gospel of Matthew, it said that this man is the one in whom all of the world, all of the nations are going to put their hope in. Now, 
I wonder what you're putting your hope in right now. We often hope for a better tomorrow, a better future. We might put our trust in all sorts of different things. But if the story in modern day Britain is true, that most people live by today, is then there is no hope, really, in the long run. That essentially we're just a bunch of atoms and chemicals interacting with one another on a planet that's spinning in space that is one day going to get consumed by the sun. This is the Christmas message of hope you were looking for, wasn't it? But ultimately the world won't get any better because there is no hope. There'll be good days and bad days. I, I might choose to hope for better, but it's not actually based in reality. However, if this Christian story is true, that God has entered into a weary world in person to redeem it and rescue it, to die for it, to rise again, to save it and then gradually transform it, to promise to return again one day and abolish death forever, then things can only get better rather than worse. <clears throat> There's these kind of differing views. There's what we might call the Christian view and maybe an atheist worldview. And they are opposed. In the atheist view, this, the world is kind of in a downward smile. You know, we, things are going pretty well at the moment, but ultimately there is no hope. And the Christian view is caught in more of an upward smile. You know, things, it started well, things are not good at the moment, it's weary, but it's heading in an upward direction. And this Christian story, the Christmas story, that we are in a weary world, but we are rejoicing because of the hope that is to come in the form of this baby, Jesus. I've now been a Christian for around 20 years. And the more I know and understand this story, the more I love it. Because this story doesn't deny the realities of the weary world that we're in. In this story, there is difficulty, rejection, there is realism in the Bible. However, it is amidst this pain and suffering that there is a hopeful realism. There are two things running alongside each other here. There is a recognition of the painful, weary world that we're in, but it is alongside a resilient, joy-filled, bright hope that better is to come. The reality is described in this Christmas story is a very real picture. And the picture is childbirth. And in some ways, it's very Christmassy. But it is so Christmassy, we can miss the picture of the world that we're in. It's a very graphic picture. This Christmas story is a story about a labor, about a woman who is pregnant. And it's about childbirth. And that's why the main story can get missed, because it has been sentimentalized and softened. But the central story, still the central narrative of this Western world we live in today, is a story of anguish and labor pains and screaming and blood and loads of other stuff we don't want to mention. Now, I have three children. I have been present at their births. And I don't think there's a better human experience that sums up the thrill of hope amidst the weariness. Or knowing of a joy to come that empowers you in the middle of weariness and anguish of present sufferings. <clears throat> Childbirth is a beautiful picture of this. Nothing demonstrates the weariness and anguish better than childbirth. 
At childbirth, you hear statements like, I can't do this. Make it stop. I'm exhausted. Never touch me again. Oh, no, that was just my experience, I think. (laughs) But childbirth is also filled with hope and the thrill of hope to come. That is what helps you through the weariness because also in the birthing room, you hear, keep going. You can do this. You're nearly there. Life is on the way. The anguish will nearly stop. Your sorrow will turn to joy. It encapsulates this story, what it means for us in this weary world to be sustained through it by trusting in the age to come. I remember when our children were born, after the pain and difficulty, there was joy and delight. And my incredible wife, she was sustained... She was because she was rejoicing in a hope that was coming and then it eventually broke into her present reality. It almost, almost ladies, relativized the pain because her sorrow was turned to joy. There was pain in the night, but joy came in the morning. It would have been the same for Mary, powering through the pain as she was in labor by fixing her mind on the thrill of hope that was to come when Jesus was born. And then finally, he arrived. She'd been waiting nine months. The anticipation and the pain and the suffering had been made okay because he's here. Mary had waited nine months, but the world had waited centuries. And the response of joy is the same. Hope has come, and this child in the manger represents the guarantee from God that the world will one day be a better place. Because God has entered it. God is in this story. Christ, Emmanuel, means God with us. The hope of the future conquers pain of the present. Jesus himself talks about it in John 16. He said, a woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. Jesus is saying to his disciples and he's still saying to us today that our current trials and tribulations are like a woman's labour pain. There are moments of sorrow and anguish and exhaustion whilst you wait for that hope that you know is coming. And when it comes, it will never be taken away. But you have to wait. And we can cope with that by fixing our eyes on the thrill of hope. And the trials and the tribulations and the anguish of this present world. Unemployment, divorce, disease, loss, bereavement, financial crisis, cost of living crisis are like labour pains in a world that is waiting for a new life to come. In a new world that is coming in Christ Jesus. Christmas is the reminder of that thrill of hope. Christmas tells us hope is here. When Jesus was born, God himself entered into the cosmos to give hope to everyone if you put your trust in him and your hope in him. It transcends all weariness when you put your trust in in Jesus. You have things like a promise of eternal life. 
You receive a peace that surpasses understanding. Even though life isn't perfect, even though you may have troubles and pain and weariness, you have the thrill of hope that lasts forever. We may hope for things now, but this hope, this thrill of knowing Jesus lasts longer than any evil Knievel stump bike or Care Bear or Atari or career or relationship. Anything you're hoping for in this life that you hope will bring you peace or contentment. Because inside every human heart there is a gaping hole that we're trying to fill with all sorts of things. And it's not until you come to Jesus will your searching cease. Jesus didn't stay a baby, as you know. He grew and he fulfilled his mission to die for a people that rejected him. All of mankind has rejected God, the Bible tells us. But despite our sins separating us from a holy God, Jesus came to make a way by dying on a cross. The wrath and pain and judgment we deserve was poured out on him. And still today, he meets with people. He changes people. He saves people. He gives people the thrill of hope. This is the incredible thrill of hope that God gives to people. And this story is true. That, and if this story is true, then Jesus has come as a baby to grow, to come and pay the price for us. If this story is true, we're probably in a worse position than we realize, but we're also more freely forgiven, set free, and given long-lasting peace, and more loved by God than we could ever, ever imagine. Jesus has come to give you life, and life in all of its fullness. When Jesus was born, the sky shone at night, and the angels sang. But when he died on the cross, the midday sky turned black, and Jesus absorbed into himself all of the stuff that is separating us from God. God has accomplished what we are powerless to accomplish. And only by being in a relationship with God can your anticipation and expectations be truly satisfied. Otherwise, we will just keep searching and searching. As I've said before, it is only when you come to Jesus will your searching end. Because as we've seen the readings of his greatness, of his government and peace, there will be no end. Only Jesus will bring peace to the entire world. Only Jesus will bring a peace to what goes on in your heart and in your head. Maybe you think, <clears throat> God isn't for me. Or you're not sure, or you're, the, you're not the religious type, or you've been put off by a bad experience of church. Maybe, just maybe, you are rejecting the wrong thing. God is not distant. He has come close in the person of Jesus. And this is good news. He wants a relationship with you. And he is calling everyone into a relationship with himself. But you have to receive this gift that is on offer. And it's a gift that you will not be disappointed with. It's a gift we cannot earn, we don't deserve, but it's a gift we receive by trusting in Jesus. Whoever believes in him, the Bible says, shall not perish and have eternal life. And not just by believing that he existed and is real, which he is, or not just by believing he's the son of God 
who came to save us, or even that he died and rose again, though he did, but by putting your trust in his death on the cross to make us right with God. He is offering you a gift of new life and new anticipation. This thrill of hope has come into our everyday existence and to be our Lord. And you might not understand everything. You might even have doubts, but he promises to come into your life Hear your prayers and give you peace in the midst of it all. And if you want to, you can receive that gift tonight, right now. You can speak to God and know that the Lord who knows you and loves you is listening now. And I'm just going to pray. If we could just bow our heads just for a moment. And you can say this prayer in the quietness of your own heart. The words are also on the screen. If you want to pray this prayer, you can just say it after me. Dear Lord, thank you for Christmas time and all the good things you have given to me. Thank you for your great love in sending your son, Jesus, to be born into the world. I'm sorry, that I have turned away from you and pushed you away from your rightful place in my life. Thank you that Jesus came and died so that I can be forgiven. Thank you that he rose again so I can receive new life. Help me to, put, to trust in Jesus and his death on the cross as the only way by which I can be right with you. Please forgive me and help me grow and learn what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, then I would love to speak with you at the end or come and speak to myself or Adam. We're just going to be hanging around at the front here for a little bit after the service. But can I just also draw your attention to these cards that are on your seat. Everyone should have one of these on your seat. And this just tells us about the Alpha course, which starts in January. It's very similar to what Lewis on the video <coughs> excuse me, uh, did when he wanted to know more. And this isn't something where people will try and force opinions and thoughts on you. It's where you can come and ask questions. You'll get to meet some really nice people. Every week we'll have dinner together from 730 We'll watch a short video, and you can come and ask questions. Anything you want, you can come and... I've never been insulted yet on an Alpha course. So you can come and ask questions. But I just want to encourage you, you can register your interest um, at the table at the back, just by the double doors, or you can scan the QR code like you can for most things these days. You can scan the QR code and sign up for that. But I just want to just encourage you to be considering that now. But we're going to stand and we're going to sing our last hymn together.